Welcome back to a Young Heart podcast, and today we are back with the Gospel of John, chapter 4. And in this Gospel, we are looking through the chapter that is titled The Samaritan Woman. So before we start this chapter, let us invoke the Holy Spirit and enter into a mode of prayer. Come Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Come Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Breathe into me, Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I may love but what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me, O Holy Spirit, that I may always be holy. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We adore you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Calling upon the Father, the Jesus prayer that Jesus taught us, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day of our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. John chapter 4 Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had learned, heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, Although Jesus himself was not baptizing, just his disciples, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well, and drank from it himself with his children and his flocks? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. 
the water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You're right in saying, I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you people say that the people to wor place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth and indeed the Father seeks such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, the one called the Anointed. When He comes, He will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am He, the one who is speaking with you. At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with the woman, but still no one said, What are you looking for? Or, Why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Messiah? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat, of which you do not know. So to the disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me, and to finish his work. Do you not say, In four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, Look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reapers were already receiving his payment and gathering crops for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows and another reaps. I send you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work and you are sharing the fruits of their work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified, He told me everything I've done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord I was initially like, before recording this podcast today, I was like telling Jesus about like, Jesus, my podcasts are so long, people would be so bored to listen to like, so long, you have to make, help me to make it short, and then, because I remember like, um, in the beginning, I started the podcast with the intention to do it for like 20 minutes per episode, 
And then later, one day I felt like, you know, I was putting a control over the podcast. And I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to put any control over the podcast. Everything is under your hands. You're the one who inspired me to do it. I'm simply doing it. So if you, you can stop it when you tell me to stop, I'll stop. And so, yeah, and the podcast has been going on for a little bit over time. You know, even if you don't get to like listen to the whole thing in one sitting, I encourage you to listen to it bit by bit. Maybe when you're driving to work, you can listen to the first part. When you're coming back, you can listen to the second part. Or you can listen to it the next day, something like that, you know, since you can find, since you can always start from the part you left off um, in any of these podcast places. So going back to this chapter, John chapter 4, The Samaritan Woman, um, this scene is actually beautifully portrayed in the TV show Chosen, which I encourage you guys to check out. So when I was reading these things, a lot of things um, Holy Spirit pointed out to me. And by the grace, um, Holy Spirit will help me to like tell you guys what needs to be heard, you know, because my tongue is just moving, but let Holy Spirit move it, you know, to tell what needs to be tell- told. So the first verse, um, I'm going to start with the Samaritan woman. So in verse 4, it says, he had to pass through Samaria. So, uh, in the Chosen TV show, if you watch it, you can actually see how the disciples were walking with Jesus. And the disciples were like, oh yeah, that's Samaria. And you know, they they do not deal with them at all. Like, they were kind of like untouchables or something. So, the disciples told Jesus, hey, let's take a roundabout. And, you know, like, go around it. And then Jesus was like, no, let's go this way. Let's cross to the Jordan like this way and then he did that so he went and crossed the same way and when he did that um, he actually came near a land where there was a well this was called Jacob's well and he was just sitting there while the disciples went to fetch some water um, fetch some food so the disciples left so there is a significance about this well that was there maybe i'll point it out after we discuss a little bit of the story so another thing that happened when jesus was sitting there is first of all it was noon so it was like hot sun you can imagine like hot sun and you can see a woman coming there to give fetch some water so usually um you know women when they go to fetch water even this is common even in our tribal areas even in villagers even to this day you know they come together like they come together as a group they fetch water and they leave but you can see this woman she came by herself it just is a woman so it doesn't say that there were a bunch of women that were coming at that moment and also another thing you can point notice from this part is this is the time when a lot of people are going to eat food but instead of eating food she came here to draw water and also she came here at noon noon is when the sun is so hot and burning right like that's when like if it's summer that's like the hottest time right noon time and this woman came there at that time so you know that it's an unusual time that this woman came to fetch water Meaning, she did not want to be seen. She wanted to be alone when she fetched this water. She was trying to, like, hide, right? She didn't want to be seen by other women. She didn't want to be, like, seen around other people. So she was, in a way, she was trying to, like, like hide from people. 
That's why she came at an unusual time to fetch water. So when Jesus asked her, so, you know, she was, I'm pretty sure she was very surprised to see a man, especially a Jewish man, sitting there at noontime instead of eating, you know, because the disciples actually went to fetch food. Jesus didn't went to go fetch food with them, but he was just sitting there. So she was very surprised to see a man just sitting there. And also he was a Jew who asked her to give her, give him some drink. So, and then the Samaritan woman replies by saying that, you know, how can you ask me for a drink? And later it says why she is saying that. Because Jews and Samaritan women, like, they don't share anything. You know, they're seen as, like, any untouchable people. And this culture of, like, inequality has been something that's been going on in our history a lot. Like, in other countries, I've heard about these caste system where people are treated, um as like objects or animals and also um in america we've known about that you know segregation when people are treated like completely different and same thing happened even in the old times too so inequality and segregation is not something that is new or recent but rather it was something that always existed so what we can see in this part is that um you know even though she was someone that was considered unequal. Jesus still asked her for water. Because there you can see that Jesus' love is not within boundaries. His love is not within conditions. When we are being unequal towards other people, we're setting some conditions, right? Like you need to meet certain conditions in order for me to love you, in order for me to accept you. But... Um, this part shows that Jesus' love is not conditioned. His love is unconditional and it can reach out to anyone. It's not within boundaries. It's not limited within, within certain people. It can reach out to anyone who desires for it. And you can also see like when he started his ministry too, he actually went out, you know, in a way as if to reconcile, um, which is a beautiful part that I would like to bring up by reminding of the verse 6 where they mention about Jacob's well. So there is a significance about Jacob's well is that Jacob and we know the story about Jacob and Esau. So what happened to Jacob and Esau like you know um, Esau was there and he was supposed to get the first son blessing from his father because his father was very pleased with him but what happened is like um, Jacob's mother was being cunning and you know she told Jacob to like dress in Esau's cloth and like to get the blessing from his father and he did that and he basically like stole the blessing from Esau and this was like stuck as a rage in Esau's heart right like he was like so mad he was like I am gonna kill him that's exactly what he said he was like I'm gonna kill him he had so much rage and then Jacob's mother was like run run to my cousin and you know live there and then he did that and there like he was literally working there as a slave and during this time you know especially um, before he was going he was actually lost because he honestly didn't even know the way there was no GPS or anything back then you could imagine and when he was lost um, he had this one dream where he was like fighting with like an angel and essentially the in the end of like the fight um, the angel tells him oh this is your new name and it shows that he has conquered 
and and then Angel gives him a new name and he sets out from there and there he actually like you know built every time they like have some encounter or something they either build like an altar or something and he um did that there and he left and now you can see like after so many years of slavery finally like um his co- the Jacob's mom's cousin Haram kind of like left him um to leave him you know kind of like told him yeah his service is done and so he was left alone so now he, when he was left alone he wanted to go back to Canaan right that was where his father was that was his original land that was his homeland so with the desire to go back to his homeland he knew he had to make reparations for what was done against his brother so he knew what he done to his brother was wrong so he was making reparations for that and he sent out this huge gift and offering and it was asking his brother to like accept it and you can see like how um he, Jacob he was actually it's shown in uh, it's explained in Genesis chapter 33 if you want to read about it and you can see how he was like bowing down like seven times it shows seven is actually a number of completeness which is used in bible like you can see how god you know um create created everything in seven days it doesn't physically mean like seven 24 hour days but it shows that he completed everything in the completeness and the seventh day like the final like complete everything was completed finally with the last day which was given as a day of rest and anyway um joseph jo- sorry jacob was like bowing down and again and he was just going there and then he was still like so scared but he didn't know like what to do and then he thought like his brother would literally kill him that's why he like literally like arranged his wives and everyone according to his favorite one you know to protect them and he went about and he went before all of them he sent gift offerings and after that he went in front of um his wife and children because he was like you know if i'm going to die i'm going to die cuz he honestly didn't know that's what exactly what his brother said but instead his brother decided not to kill him and he was so surprised not only did his brother not kill him but his brother also treated him with kindness and you can see like jacob was so surprised and um realizing god's love you know he actually was um he built a well there so well is to show what is a well like water is something that fulfill us water like uh satisfies our thirst so in a way you can see like before jacob and esau meet they had like jacob had a huge kind of like battle internal battle that was going within him and that that was basically like his prayer to god you know he was like praying to god and then after that you can see like when he built his all when built its well you know it's like as a sign like oh god you give us on uh, what was needed for us you know and that's something that we read read in the prayer our father give us our daily bread and when we say give us our daily bread it doesn't necessarily mean like physical food but it can also mean give us the necessary graces give us the necessary things that we need to continue this day to live in holiness to grow in the spirit of Christ so that was another thing that comes out from there now again So you can see how Jacob and Esau they made like you know they made reparations and they actually like made things okay between 
each of them and here a jew man like no other jew other than jesus would have probably done this so jesus who is a jew he was trying to reconcile with these Samaritans. He was speaking to them because he knew before he started his ministry, it should have been in reconciliation with everyone. It should have been without boundaries. It should have been an unlimited love. And there you can see like their conversation, which springs forth from this desire in his heart to reach out to people even outside of his um outside of like where salvation was told to okay so um the next part says jesus answered and said to her okay if you knew the gift of god and who is saying to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water so she, one thing jesus is pointing out is um you know if you knew the gift of god and who is saying to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water so when he says living water what does that mean so in a way that we, one way we can take it is that um it before they were actually drinking of water that was not giving them life and this life can also refer to eternal life so whatever water they were drinking it was not giving them eternal life it was only like giving them temporary satisfaction and pretty much in their souls they were dead and that's why jesus is saying if you knew the gift of god and who is saying to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water so when jesus asked her give me a drink you know jesus is kind of like stretching out because jesus is stretching out his hands because he wants to he wants us to give him what we have so she has the material water right the water that probably wouldn't the water that would make you thirst again but what is what is jesus asking from us he's asking us to give this water and when we give this water that only like satisfies our temporary like thirst Jesus would take that water and in place of that, he would give us living water. What does that mean in our life and how can we apply this to our life? One way we can apply this is, number one, we're all so broken and we're so miserable sometimes. Um, there are many times when we kind of like hold on to things, hold on to temptations, hold on to things that we like and we don't want to give it up, right? Like certain things, um, maybe it's a wrong relationship. Maybe it's, you know, like looking at bad images or reading bad books or watching bad movies. You know, like we don't want to give it up because we kind of like feel good while doing it because it's giving us this temporary, it's satisfying our temporary thirst. But Jesus is saying, no, give me that that you are having give it up for me give it up for me and i will give you living water when jesus gives us this living water we would no longer thirst for this material satisfaction for this worldly satisfaction one of the things that prevents a lot of people from going and earning eternal life while still on earth is because we continuously thirst for things that satisfies our body most of the times people are surrounded by the anxieties and problems that literally like take concern them about their body like oh um what am i going to eat tomorrow um what am i going to do you know like okay my job uh, my money okay my shelter um this this to do da 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 like we legit have a list and little, little do we think about our soul, which is going to be eternal. Little do we even think about the fact that what happens to you after you die? 
are you ready to die at this moment? Little, very little. Um, but at the same time, we think of so many unnecessary things. We think of so many things that does not give us life. So this is an invitation from Jesus that is extending to the Samaritan woman and also to us to come to this living water, to give him what we have so that he can give us the living water. Now again, Jesus actually tells us what this living water is later so we can continue reading. So she's, she thinks he's talking about like the the physical water that you know she was drawing from the well and then um jesus was telling her everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again and we know that right for example once we start uh getting like for example the first time you start working at a job and it pays you like ten dollars per hour the first time you got that job you would have been so excited and so happy next thing after a year or two you're kind of like unsatisfied you're kind of getting like a little mad you know your boss is not increasing your money even though you've been working there for one year you know like you can get nudgy Although you've been very contempt the first year, now, I mean, like, when although you've been very, like, happy the first year, now you're feeling, like, kind of itchy about it. And that is what is showing that we're not satisfied. That is why Jesus is saying, everyone who drinks this water, meaning the water that she was drawing from the water, from the well, it's kind of referring to water from the world, right? So you can think of this water from the world and we're drinking water when we drink this water from the world what happens we're thirsty again right we need it again so she, she, this person who was working for ten dollars now he wants a job that would give him like fifteen dollars and once he get the fifteen dollars he wants more or a person who goes into like impure things for example once a little child or someone starts you know looking into like bad images they want more you know they're not satisfied with that one picture they want to buy they want to look into more and more same thing goes with um women to you know once they start wearing like i've seen like a lot of women you know before they used to dress very modestly and like covering up everything and then one time they decided to like decrease the length of their outfit or something um you know they kind of they think people are like commenting giving them beautiful comments about their body and they're satisfied with that so now they want more so now they're like trying to like um you know adorn their body in such a way they would get comments and um attractions from other people so same thing happens we're thirsting for this water and you know it's 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 like um, we all go through this, even personally, me, I have been through so many, and even still now it's a struggle, but uh, I right now I can understand and I can, I can experience what it means to have this living water, and it's, trust me, it definitely is better to live in the living water. Sometimes it is hard, but um, it is so much better to be satisfied by this living water. Now, now whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I love this part because when Jesus says he gives us this water, he is saying that it would become a spring of water. What happens to a spring? If you noticed a spring these springs they shoots out in different areas and these springs they shoot out in different areas and finally they join a big river and that river again it joins the big sea and then it goes into this 
ocean and this ocean is so vast right so just like that you know many of the things in nature it acts as a symbol for us and it also acts as a symbol that god uses to to um make sense in our human mind to understand eternal things because in our human minds as for example a dog cannot do like um complicated mathematics but you know just like that like uh, for or a gorilla look or any animals for them it's incapable for them they are incapable of doing like higher level mathematics just like that our human mind is incapable of understanding heavenly things and so god has decided to use you know metaphors and earthly things to un- to spring forth some um understanding in our hearts so this water is kind of like that so you can see when this per- one person when he decides that he don't know he no longer wants this water that comes from the well meaning this worldly water now he decides to receive this eternal water or this living water from Jesus what happens other springs of water are joining him you know it's flowing and it's flowing and he's joining this big stream of water which is the ocean of that is welling up to eternal life right it's filling up and filling up and filling up if you look at if you look at a spring during like springtime especially like water is like melting and it's just springs are pushing forth like right so like new springs are forming over there which is very beautiful just like that God says once he gives us this water what happens it multiplies and multiplies and it grows that would take us to eternal life and you know that is this this part is very important because mo- most of the time once we think we have faith in Jesus we think that is enough but he is he is desiring that we would grow and grow and multiply and multiply and multiply so that we would come to this eternal life what does it mean to come to this eternal life it means to come close to jesus it means to come closer to god we are so imperfect we are so um we have so many weakness and so many things that are wrong with us but when we decide to come closer to god when we decide take that step god will bless our efforts and he will give us the grace to come closer to him now sir and also another thing that i wanted to um mention about samaritans is that so samaritans if you read in the book of two kings chapter 17 it kind of like gives you an idea of what happened to samaria so samaria it was actually taken over by different types of people you know th- these people were like living in different areas and like the israelites were like deported and these people they just came from like different areas and they just lived there and they were kind of like mixed with the Israelites and what happened is like they didn't know how to like follow the Lord meaning the God of Israel so they would just kind of like didn't know but then what happened is like one of the king of Assyria he decided to bring a priest who would teach them how to worship this Lord and so um these people learned how to worship the Lord the God of Israel but the thing is even though they were worshiping the lord the god of israel they still continued to worship other gods they still continued to worship their pagan gods so you know and it says in two kings one of the things that really struck me um and it says that in two kings chapter as uh, 17 in the last verse it says that these nations were both venerating the lord and serving their own idols their children and children's children are still acting like their ancestors to this very day so you can see that these people you know this was actually true even to Jesus's time 
and that's why like um her question her question you can see one of the question was like oh our ancestors told us to worship or was it let me find it okay so she was saying that yeah oh that's uh, actually it's coming up <laughs> so she once jesus was talking about like this uh, eternal life water she was like okay well give me this water and then um jesus was like well call your husband and then during that time she was like yeah i don't have a husband and then jesus prophesied about her life right so this prophecy really surprised her she was like wow he got to be a prophet and she told him well if he's a prophet she's surprised that first of all he's actually in samaria and talking to you know like a samaritan woman and so she uh, put this question forth to him our ancestors worshiped on this mountain but you people say that the place to worship is in jerusalem right so she she was like stuck in the idea that so um the mountain that she was referring to is Gerizim, on which a temple was erected in the 4th century by the Samaritans to rival the Mount Zion in Jerusalem. So, you know, they, they were like, oh, okay, look at Jerusalem, you know, they're having all of this. And so they were like, okay. And, they you know, they were trying to be very restrictive in everything about their culture. So they, as a rivalry, they decided to build an altar over there. And that's what she was talking about. And then Jesus was telling her that, you know, one thing is um, you can see among Jews and among the Samaritan women that they were concerned about is, oh, how are they worshiping or where are they worshiping? But Jesus was telling that is not what's important. Your heart is important. Where you're worshiping, I mean, although those are important things, your heart is very, very important. He was talking about like how much, that's why Jesus said, believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship me neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Meaning Jesus is saying that you do not have to be at a specific spot to have a relationship with you. What does it mean to worship the Lord? It means to be in that communion, to be in that constant conversation with Him. And Jesus is saying that you do not have to be at a specific spot to have this communion with God. And Jesus, again, He says, you people worship what you do not understand, we worship what we understand because salvation is from Jews. And that is very true. Salvation is from Jews. And we know Jesus Christ came from Jews, but he established something new. You know, Christianity, it's not something that is throwing away like Jewish culture or even the Jewish religion. Christianity is a fulfillment for Jewish religion. It's a fulfillment. It's the new light. It's the new thing that has been born. So, we should never look at it like, oh yeah, you know, Jesus is like crashing all of this and he's just coming with this new thing. No, it's a fulfillment. And again, he says, so you people worship what you do not understand what we, and we worship what we understand. And he says, the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth and indeed the father seeks such people to worship him i love this phrase because it's talking about the worship of the trinitarian god when you say you worship the father and spirit holy spirit and truth 
truth is Jesus Christ. And so you can see the Trinitarian God is there. So we're worshiping. When we're worshiping the Father, what does it mean? When we're worshiping the Father, we're also worshiping the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ. When we're worshiping the Spirit, we're also worshiping the Father and the true Jesus. And when we're worshiping Jesus, we're also worshiping the Father and the Spirit. And indeed, the Father seeks such people. He wants those type of people. So he doesn't want people who comes, you know, like maybe once in a day or like once in a week to offer him worship in the temple. Rather, he wants, he's desiring people that would worship him day and night in spirit. So now when I'm worshiping him in spirit, you know, I don't have to be in a specific place. But in my heart, I can pray, I can worship him, I can have this constant conversation with God. In the beginning of this episode, I was talking to you guys about how I was telling Jesus about how my podcast was really long. You know, to me, I was having that conversation with God. Conversation with God is so important. Like a little child who tells his father everything, our father in heaven desires us to talk to him. So, you know, the best way to start a relationship is simply by talking to him i never used to have like a designated personal prayer in my life before and one thing that i used to have as a child was constant conversation you know i would just simply talk to him and this conversation with him later protected me from falling into mortal sins and it also um it maybe i i may have slipped some cases but it protected me so much from falling into dangerous sins and also it give me the grace to come back to lord so it is so important to have this constant worship with our lord so that we can worship him as he desires why are we here you know and also it's so beautiful because the father seeks such people to worship him so it means that the father is desiring something from us meaning the father is willing that he we worship him like that and says god is the spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth now she was like getting excited she was like yeah you know i know messiah is coming and that way like he'll tell us everything and jesus was like i am he the one who's speaking with you and when you refer to the footnote what it says is that i am so you know when in old testament every time um especially when moses was trying to get the israelites out of the persecution in egypt one thing god introduced himself like this how did god introduce himself i am right i am who i am so he always introduced himself as i am and you can see jesus himself is saying that i am which is showing that he is coming from god he is god himself at that moment his disciples so during this time like his disciples came and they were kind of amazed that you know jesus was speaking to a woman now first of all they could have probably asked him hey why are you like talking to a woman you know if they felt something was unusual about it they could have straight up went and asked him but they didn't do that so usually oftentimes in our lives whenever we see things we make rational judgments in our heart we make quick judgments in our heart without seeking the truth and that is a very negative thing that helps us to not grow in faith so from now onwards whenever you see something you know if you're if you're feeling kind of irritated about it we should always seek the truth for example i've seen whenever like um people who don't believe in god like atheists or agnostics or even protestants or um muslims or anyone even catholics um when they hear about like certain truths 
you know they're they're asking questions and stuff or they're questioning things in their mind sometimes when they hear like talks and stuff they would ask questions in their mind but you can see here that these disciples even though they were asking questions they did not look for an answer that is an important part if you do not look for an answer if we only have questions then what happens we won't be able to encounter truth so it is important in our lives to ask questions but also to seek answers for example the samaritan woman she was seeking answers from jesus you know once she realized that he was the messiah she was like asking him like she, she was seeking so you can see that she was seeking the truth so that is expected of us now again you know not only one not only did she was she filled in truth when she heard about jesus she went and told other people look someone has told me everything has done <laughs> would you ever go and tell people like hey someone has told my past i did all of these things and people will be like whoa but yeah she wasn't ashamed you know you just went out and said on these people because of her testimony many other people came and they listened and you know like they actually like believed in him now you can see when the disciples came back the disciples asked jesus to eat so jesus said i have food to eat of which you do not know so the disciples thought like whoa did someone like give him food so i like this part and then jesus replies by saying my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work one part i love this work is because rather than giving importance to material aspects for example like many people have heard oh yeah i didn't have time to pray oh yeah i didn't have time to go to church but you know like if you ask them hey did you eat food they'll be like yeah so you had time to eat food <laughs> you might think what am i going crazy yeah can i tell you yes i'm not going crazy seeking the will of god doing the will of god doing giving him first priority is more important than food i didn't know this before but now i know and uh, i'm trying to do that so you know and oftentimes we fail that like people give importance to food but we don't give importance to seeking the will of god and you can see jesus in this case he's giving importance to seeking the will of the father and to finish his work we all have some appointed work that we need to do you know and sometimes it doesn't mean that okay now you have to stop doing everything and you just go about and you know like preach the gospel sometimes doing the will of god is simply asking him and when you ask him he might tell you to okay okay um so help your mother you know do some chores in the kitchen and do it happily don't crumble don't complain and today when you go to work your boss is going to give you some work that you don't like but guess what do it happily this is how we do the will of god cuz you know what god's will is god's will is about other people so when we try to seek god's will we would essentially being we would be come charitable towards others and i love this part another reason i love this part um is because jesus is showing the importance of fasting fasting is something that not a lot of people practice but we you we have no idea why it is so important it is important to fast so that we can take control of our body when we are hungry we're like okay automatically oh let me grab some food and you know satisfy my hunger 
But when we tell our body, no, you're not getting food because we're fasting so that we can pray for another person, so that a person who does not have food may get enough food, so that we're praying that a person may be healed, that a person may be saved. We can fast for many, many reasons. We can fast out of charity, out of love for other people. And that is exactly what Jesus does. You know, like he's restricting, he's doing self-control. And without discipline, a good athlete, if you notice, a good athlete is someone who has discipline. A d- athlete without discipline would not be very good at his work. Right? So the same thing goes here. If you want to be a good spiritual warrior, you need to be very self-disciplined. And the first way that you can start self-disciplining is by, you know, like take a day of the week. Like, okay, you know, this day, this particular day, I'm going to like fast. My like favorite day to fast is on Fridays, especially because Jesus died on a Friday. And, you know, so I like to like think about Jesus' death and passion. So that's a good day to fast. It doesn't have to be on Friday only. You can fast on any day. First, try by giving up one meal. And you know, you can fast for a particular intention. Fast for another person. Maybe one of your family members is very far from God. You can fast for that person. And through you, maybe that person can come closer to God. So now going back again to this passage. Again, this passage is just so full of messages, right? It's just never ending. Again, Jesus is talking about how in four months the harvest will be here. I tell you, look up and see the fields are ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving his payment and gathering crops for eternal life. These crops that the reaper is gathering, they're like people, the people of God, you know, the children of God. And these reaper is like disciples, you know, people that God has sent out, his priest, his servers, and all these people that Jesus has sent out in a mission to gather these crops towards eternal life. But, you know, I love this part. I send you to reap for what you have not worked for. Others have done the work and you're sharing the fruits of their work. Many times, you know, when you go to like a retreat or something and you see like certain healings and testimonials, we get this false feeling that, oh my gosh, I can't believe, or even the people who are attending it, they're like, oh my gosh, that person is so powerful, you know, Uh, he prayed over that person and wow, constantly healed. Or you can, you may say that, wow, that so many people are being saved by my ministry, so many people are listening to this so many people and we kind of want to like give credit to ourselves and people who are in trying to live a life in christ this is another temptation that satan catches you another trap that satan sets out for you he would make you feel good about your work you're like look at these fruits you did it so what is he basically doing he's basically turning your attention to you and that is not what god wants god wants us to turn attention turn our attention away from ourselves and towards the sower the sower is god god himself now many of the samaritans in that town so you know towards the end jesus like tells all of this to the disciples so we need to always remember that if someone is benefiting from any good charitable deed that we do maybe we decided to give a homeless person a dollar you know um instantly we might feel a little good but automatically we might be like wow look at me i give him a dollar and the car behind me did not even bother like we're not giving that dollar to the homeless person 
because of our own merit. We should always remember that we're only doing good charitable deeds because the spirit of God is number one dwelling within us and it is out of the mercy and grace that he has bestowed upon each individual. And that same thing, you know, like you may say, oh, well, there are people who don't believe in God. God is not like, you know, hiding his grace or hiding his mercy away from people. He pours out his grace to all people. Some people receive it. Some people don't. Some people come to the truth. Some people don't. So, but it's us, it's our duty that, you know, that because even the people who don't believe in God, if you notice them, they they are charitable, but sometimes they're probably not charitable to their own family. So, you know, charity is not something that is contained outside. Charity starts from our own family. And if you're not able to freely love one another in our family, then no matter how much you do outside, it won't benefit us because there is that uncharitableness residing within our family. So we need to move that away. Again, I love how the last part ends where, you know, because of that woman, all of these Samaritans, they came to be, believe in Jesus because of the word of the woman. And now what happened? So they invited him and Jesus was staying with them. Jesus was using them. You know, so Jesus was not like segregating them because before um, other people, Jewish, they wouldn't even touch their items. It was kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm touching something very impure. But, you know, they're like, no, especially of a woman's item. They would not touch it. Samaritan women's. It was considered impure. But Jesus, you know, you can see like Jesus is not putting any boundaries for love. He's showing charity first. You know, he's when D Jesus decided to seek the will of the Father, what happened there? He was actually being charitable towards other people. You can see here. And again, many people began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, what? The last part, I love this. We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard ourselves and we know that this is truly the savior of the world. Love this part. You know, like when women went and told other people in Samaria about Jesus, what if these people decided, oh yeah, yeah, yeah like, yeah, that's cool. And they didn't go or they didn't seek him out. They would have never been able to experience Jesus, right? So in our lives, it is so necessary to go and seek out the truth, to go and find truth. Because sometimes we might hear about something going on. Maybe some of our friends or even someone posted something spiritual. And, you know, like the least you can have is go check it out. You know, you probably don't even believe in God or whatever. The least you can do is like at least click on it. You probably don't even want to waste your time. You probably feel lazy. You don't even want to bother like finishing or hearing these things. But you know, the least you can do out of love for Jesus is to check it out. Because you never know what grace or blessings might come to your life through that. Because you know, these people, what happened? They believed in Jesus and so many things happened to them, right? Now they were able to testify. You can see how they changed now they're not believing because of the woman. Now they change and they're believing because they themselves have heard. In the name of the soul, we're going to conclude this gospel passage in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.